0: And we are going welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Look, if you want to get ahead in this world, it's simple. It's it's extremely simple. you got to take care of the little details. That's why Manscaped has perfected the ball hair trimmer. They've locked up scientists in a lab for the past 18 months, and they have perfected this thing called the Lawn Mower 3.0. They have given us a promo code, HBSports, to get 20% off your order. Head over to the website, manscaped.com, and pick yourself up a Lawn Mower 3.0. They've sent some product over to us here at High Button Sports. I use it every morning. I'm telling you, gentlemen, walking out of the door with a Fresh, clean set of balls, it changes your world. You wake up every day, you feel like a new man. Ladies, maybe you have a man in your life who isn't shaving down below and you don't want to have that awkward conversation. That's fine. Pick them up a Manscaped, head over to the website, use the promo code HB Sports to get 20% off your order, gift it to them, and then you don't have to have that awkward conversation. Listen, gentlemen, it's time for us to start living a better life. Manscaped is making sure of that. Remember, use the promo code HB Sports, get 20% off. Your order. And just like that, we're back with another episode. Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Andrew Bondarchuk. If you grew up in the HRM area playing this uh, this beautiful sport that we call hockey, Andrew Bondarchuk's name was was definitely brought up in conversation more than once. Um, if you don't know who Andrew is, I'm going to give you a little bit of his background here. So we started out with the Dartmouth Subways in the Nova Scotia Major Midget Hockey League. After that, playing for the Halifax Mooseheads in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. After that, he was drafted by the Boston Bruins in the fifth round, 2006 NHL draft. After his time with Boston, he signed with Columbus, playing in the NH- the AHL team and with the big club in Columbus. Then after that, signing with Colorado, both playing with Colorado and Lake Erie. And then after that, signing a deal with Dallas. And then after that, where he currently is, playing in the professional league in Germany, Germany with the Red Bull Munich. In. So this guy's traveled all over the world to play this sport of hockey. He's one of the chosen ones. He's one of the lucky ones. He's made his dream come true by playing in the NHL. He's traveled all around the world making a living playing this game. One thing that we all want to do and all wish we could have done. So, you know, with a resume like Andrew's, I'm going to break down essentially from when he started back in uh, the Dartmouth Major Midget all the way to to now. I you know, I I envy the the career that this guy has. And, you know, uh, I'm sure he's very fortunate to be in the, in the shoes that he's in. He's worked hard over the years, and he deserves everything that he has right now. So, like I said, Andrew Bonnerchuk, I'm Justin. This is the High Button Podcast. You know what comes next here. We go. All right, Andrew, we are going. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Not a problem. You were—we uh, always have highly requested guests, and you were a guy that was—you know—where's Chucky? Where, where's Andrew? When's he coming on? And I'm happy that today's finally the day. So hey, good it's stuff. good to know.
1: Good to know. Yeah, sometimes when you're uh, when you're not home for a while, it's not a, not an ego thing by any
0: means, but uh, it's cool to get recognized still
1: as uh, as a local
0: person. Well, I was saying that in the intro, like you know, I've played hockey, you know, a good chunk of my life, and. You know, growing up, your name was always, you know, mentioned. Like, oh, like Bondarchuk, you know, he's doing this, he's doing that. You're one of those guys from around here that, you know, stands out because you've traveled the world playing the game that you love. And I said that in the intro, you know, before I started this, like, that's the question I always like to ask. Do, do you ever, like, take a step back and just go, wow? Like, the conversa- this conversation we just had before the podcast started and you're saying, you know, expenses are paid for and things like that. Do you, do you ever just take a step back and just go, I'm living this life? Uh... <laughs> Honestly, uh, you you don't have time to a lot of times. That's fair.
1: That's fair. Um, and uh, I think during this this pandemic time, more than ever, I've had time to reflect on everything. It's yeah. it's put a lot of things into perspective. Uh, how lucky you are to how lucky I am to be able to do what I do uh, for a living. And uh, it's put into perspective that it's not uh, it's not a guarantee that it's going to last forever. And um, I've had. a by hockey player terms a great career uh, as far as a guy that was never a full-time NHLer for a long time um I've been happy with my career but it comes to an end and I think during this pandemic it's it's been eye-opening uh um that it can stop so abruptly everyone's really hopeful that hockey's going to get back to uh to what everyone was used to but uh it gives you time to reflect on a lot of the cool stuff you've done or um people you've played with people you've met places you've been. Um, because when you're when you're playing and you're in the moment it's a job and you're kind of so hyper focused on what you're doing um and uh and looking at your goals and what you're striving to do that sometimes some pretty awesome stuff passes you by uh that you look back and you're like wow that's that's cool like really yeah. cool like I was back at my parents' place and they had a big picture of uh a stadium series NHL game yeah. and I was like Oh yeah, I played in that like with uh with Colorado against uh Detroit and uh, it was a picture where there was Jerome McGinley in front of me and I was walking and and it sounds silly because um he was just inducted in the Hall of Fame and at the time I I remember being like this is Jerome McGinley, this is awesome like I'm playing with him like teammates but at the same time, you're so focused on like staying where you are, that you don't really appreciate it. And I think uh, when you got time to slow down, you look at those things and and uh, you kind of see it from someone else's eye how it's cool. Yeah. Um well, think, from my eye, you know, from the fans' eye, I just look and you're like, wow. Yeah, and I think my dad does
0: it. well. He tries his best
1: and does a good job of reminding me, like. Um, Obviously, I train and skate, not this summer because of what's going on, but with Crosby and McKinnon and Marshawn, those guys were all together. So you kind of see what they deal with, and in my eyes, what I'm doing is on such a lower level and and so minuscule compared to the attention they get that I can forget that uh, what I've done uh, would be cool in my eyes too, if I was that little kid or yeah. younger person, so it 's kind of it 's kind of a cool perspective to look back on but uh you yeah, had to sum it up when things uh when things are rolling you don 't really have time to sit back and uh, yeah. and look at it in awe
0: well it 's cool you know like, as you 're explaining this to me, you do you kind of sound like a kid you sound you kind of sound like you 're a fan of of what you do, but you know with time right now. COVID-19 you do get to sit back and appreciate everything you did that's great. I'm happy you're here on the podcast during this time because maybe if you were in mid-season you'd be like, yeah, you know, I got to do better on chipping the pucks past pressure things like that. It's good that right now yeah. you're in a mind state of, you know, I can appreciate everything that I've done. That's good. Yeah, and that's I, awesome. I think uh I think more
1: than anything uh I, I don't know what uh, what the future holds right now. I'm optimistic that uh, hockey will be starting up uh, uh somewhat on time over in Europe, but uh I'm hoping that uh the time I do spend, uh, playing or whatever's left in my career, I can kind of soak it in more and, yeah. and appreciate it and be a little more mindful and in the moment. Yeah. Uh, because you do have those moments every year where you kind of stop, whether it's on the bench or in practice, or you're just having a fun practice, you're on the bench and the crowd's going crazy that you kind of sit and you're like, this is pretty cool, man. <laughs> like you look yeah. at your like buddy beside you, you're like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, if uh, if there's anything I could recommend to a younger guy who goes through the same path, it's yeah. take uh,
0: take more of those opportunities to kind of appreciate what's going on. We have a, a younger demographic that listens to this podcast, you know, 18, mid-20s. And during that time of your life, you know, you're with the Subways, you're with the Moose Heads, your whole life is dedicated to, to making that next jump. I want... Um, you know, I want you to talk about that dedication, and that passion that you had, you know, I'm sure you still have it, but when you're really trying to make that next jump to professional hockey, you know, you walk through a uh, St. Margaret's Bay there and you see your, your picture all over the, the walls up there from when you were younger. Talk about those days back then and, and you know, th- talk about the, the sacrifices you made to, to set your life up to where you are now, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, you, uh, as you get further in your career, you kind of realize the sacrifices you've made, um, whether they were conscious or not. Um, like I said, it's just it's when you're so hyper-focused on something. Um, some people would see it as sacrifices, uh, whether it's uh, um, not partying at a younger age or, or, uh, or just being so obsessed with hockey. It might seem like sacrifices, but it was just doing something you loved. And uh, for myself, I was lucky... That when I moved from uh, uh, I moved from Winnipeg to Nova Scotia when I was 13 years old, oh, and I moved into uh, the TASSA area, so TASSA hockey, and uh, immediately became friends with uh, Brad Marchand and Justin Smith, uh, Jeff Marchand, Brad's brother, and Ryan Hillier, who uh, who all lived in the same area before hockey even started. We became friends, and they loved the game of hockey too. So I think I got uh, in a in a lucky situation where. Um, just everything we did was hockey and it was working on our shot, working on stick handling and, um, kids these days are even more obsessed with, with working on their skills. Um, it's crazy to see the skill of some of these guys coming up, but, um, yeah, uh, there was, it's, you see, you see it more and more too. Like these, the kids are more and more skilled. Um, but I think there's an aspect uh, in hockey that's that's fading away a little bit, and it's um, they have so many strength coaches and teachers and skill coaches that they're um, told what to do to get better every day and kind of coached, but there's no. Uh, it, I see it a bit, but there's no extra. so when I was younger we we were lucky that we we started with a strength coach at a relatively young age JP McCollum, and I still work with him now but uh we'd be done our workouts, but we'd always do extra or if we had practice we'd want to do extra and uh, you see it more and more now when when you're overloaded with information and coaching that okay, so am I done now like yeah that's I see what that, you're saying that's what i that's what I did for the day. And uh, I just think that group, it was great to be around because we were so obsessed with the game that
0: looking back, I did so much extra when no one was watching. I wasn't... Give me an example. What's uh, what's extra to you? 2 a.m. waking up, running a hill or something? Like, what's extra? No,
1: I was never that insane. I think it was just... Uh, um, even at a young age, just being hyper-focused on, on what I was eating and sleeping and knowing, like knowing, oh, this is what someone else is doing to get better okay. and uh, is this going to help me with hockey. And I think it's maybe to a, to an unhealthy degree at times as far as taking a breath and getting away from the game, but um, um, whether it's once you get to midget and you have extra ice when practice is done or you're working on um, certain skills or are you just – um, fooling around, playing games with the guys. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just taking taking those opportunities. Whether it's uh, if you have a workout on your own compared to a workout with a trainer, you are you pushing to the same level. So um, there's a little bit of a mindset um, that uh, I was lucky lucky to be surrounded with uh,
0: growing up with those guys. Yeah. Talk about your time with the Mooseheads. I played on the team a little bit. If you look to your right, that's my first goal right there. The puck. Oh, awesome! Talk about awesome, talk man. about your uh, your experience with that team. You were, you know, I, I think I don't know what I was playing. Maybe Dan and when you were playing for the Mooseheads, and you know, you'd see your name in the paper almost every day. And you guys were, you know, talk of the town. Mooseheads still are the talk of the town. But playing in your backyard in front of your family and friends. Who did we have on here yesterday? Um, Terrible with names. We have so many guests on now, but we had a Moosehead player on yesterday, okay. and uh, and you know he just talked about and he's from Hammonds Plains and he just loves it and and, and playing in front of his family and friends he absolutely cherished cherished the moment. So I right. guess talk about your experience in Halifax.
1: Yeah, I was I got super lucky. I was actually going to go to college. Uh, I was at U.S. Prep School. Um, I was drafted by Moncton, and uh, I was fully uh, um, fully on board with going the school route and. Um, They had an expansion that draft that year for both St. John's teams and one of my, uh, or St. John and St. John's. And I was picked up in the expansion draft and immediately traded to Halifax. And that kind of, uh, I I grew up and went to Moosehead Games and knew the building and knew how cool it was. And it it got to a point where uh, I'd played uh, under 17 um, for Team Atlantic and I knew I was getting invited to the Under-18 Team Canada um, um, camp. And that's kind of around the time when uh, I started to get the idea that like hockey could be a possibility for me. Yeah. I was always playing uh, for the joy of the game, and I, I think I still do. But uh, it, it was around that time when things got serious once you got on like a national level. Um, and uh, I knew... Um, well, I had a um not an agent so much, but an advisor and we were kinda of talking about the pros and cons of both routes, whether yeah. it was major, junior or college, and uh being in Halifax and being able to live at home yeah. and uh play at the Metro Center or the Scotiabank now. Was... It's called Metro
0: Center. It's Metro
1: fine. Center. Yeah. Center. <laughs> That's a nice ring, it's tough to see. But uh um yeah, it was it was really alluring for me and uh it was a, it was an awesome time, but uh yeah, being able to sit down now and reflect on it again is, yeah. is pretty cool because um I didn't play at sixteen but I played seventeen, eighteen, nineteen and uh um you're you're thrown into kind of a, a professional hockey mentality at a at an age when you're still kind of a kid and yeah. uh we had a lot of fun. I played with some, some unbelievable people, not just players, but good people. And, and I had a lot of fun and that's, that's the biggest thing I, I kind of take away from it. Being able to play in front of the Halifax crowds and being able to travel to Quebec and play, uh, play all over, all over the Maritimes in Quebec was, was awesome. Um, but the focus was always there still. Um, uh, even through the Moosehead days. uh, It's
0: hard. I'm not going to say it was hard for you, but I bet it's hard for some guys playing in a city. You know, you got the girls here, you got the bars here, you have all that stuff. Like, it can be tough to stay focused on a path when you're in your own backyard. A lot of, hey, come out, come here Saturday night, let's do this. And staying on path could be tough for a guy like you that knows, you know, you have that opportunity to go to the next jump. It's good that you, know, you stay disciplined
1: yeah you know? i uh I, I can credit my family with that my my dad
0: was awesome
1: um he really uh really supported my my goals and dreams but also kind of laid a uh laid a path for me of, of uh he had he had seen people do it he grew up with mark messier and he no played way. yeah he played uh he played good hockey and i think he got caught caught up in the uh the other side of the life with, Athens. yeah, with, uh, with partying and, uh, and having fun. And maybe he saw some, some regrets or maybe if he did a little bit extra, he could have, uh, could have had a different route. He's, he's got a beautiful life and yeah. big family. So he doesn't, doesn't regret it. I don't think maybe I wouldn't be here, but, uh, um, yeah, he, he just, he kind of, uh, always, always kept an eye on me and let me know what the red flags were. And, uh, I remember growing up, I was never never allowed to go out if i didn't have a good explanation of what i was doing
0: what's a good explanation then well i was never allowed to just
1: say oh i'm going to hang out like what yeah yeah (laughs) going to range park to hang out what do you mean hang out hang out's trouble i don't want (laughs) to so but he he always kept me uh he he knew what i wanted to do and he knew my goals and he i think he knew how to uh how to help me get there and uh at the same time, like I said, I was surrounded with friends who, uh, who were pretty focused on, uh, not falling into those traps. So even, uh, even through my Moosehead days, I'm not going to say I didn't have fun, like going to Quebec when you'd have a day off, you'd, you'd take advantage of a bar or, uh, um, but, but in Halifax, I think I benefited a lot from being at home oh, yeah. uh, and being with my family. I didn't have a billet family and, uh, I know a lot of the billets in the in the Mooseheads program when I was playing amazing people and uh great families but um uh some can allow a little more freedom for guys uh compared to when you're at home with mom and dad so yeah. I think I benefited from that a little bit and uh and uh yeah I uh I didn't get lost in the scene. I look back sometimes and I'm like, man, I should have took advantage a little bit more
2: hey, playing hey. for
1: the Mooseheads. But uh, yeah, it was it was such a great place to play. And uh, I still follow the team. And, and when they're in playoffs and whatnot, I like to check up and
0: yeah. see how they're doing.
1: Good stuff. Yeah.
0: So then after that time in your life came the professional route, being drafted by Boston. Did Brad get drafted the same year you did or was he a year before? No, he got drafted the same year. Same year? Uh, yeah, two rounds ahead of me. So... Talk about that. Did you guys have like a block party, like a barbecue? Like, how pumped were you? Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a it was, dream, you know, like,
1: yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was surreal. I remember, um, um, neither of us went to the draft. Where um, was it that year? Vancouver.
0: Yeah, it's a long flight.
1: Yeah, the draft was in Vancouver, and, uh, um, I knew I wasn't going to be like a first round pick and thought it was, uh, thought it might have been a bit of a waste of money to go, uh, if you're not a first round pick. And, Brad was not uh, not like a first-round prospect, but towards the second half of uh, his draft year, he was putting up crazy numbers and then had an insane uh, Memorial Cup. That was the year that uh, oh, yeah. Moncton hosted the Memorial Cup, and he kind of blew onto the scene there. So uh, his stock rose big time, but he decided to stay home too. And uh, he had a lot of family at his house, and uh, I was at home just with my my immediate family, and we were watching on the computer. So you'd just uh, you'd have to just click refresh, like every. Oh, it wasn't like
0: it was no, No, it wasn't like a broadcast. No, no, this was not a broadcast.
1: This was uh, yeah, this was just uh, like a sheet. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of funny how uh, how technology is is advanced even since then. But yeah, it was basically just a typed out uh, round player team they came from and it was click refresh and you knew that each team had whatever amount of time was on the clock yeah and uh you kind of click refresh 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 so um i did that till the well third round and i saw brad's name pop up drafted by boston so immediately i call him and he answers and i'm so pumped and uh then it was fourth round fifth and i remember i was getting nervous but my agent at the time was was pretty sure i was getting drafted so um I ended up getting drafted by Boston as well, and he called me right away.
0: Brad called you back called, or your agent?
1: Called me. Well, uh, the team calls you first. So the team calls your house phone. Okay. And basically hi. Uh,
0: um, it Who was it? Healy? Neely?
1: No, it was... Uh, so Don Sweeney was helping at the time, but it was Jeff Gordon was the name of the guy. Okay. Peter Shirelli took over sh- sh- uh, shortly after. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, they announced his name and said, I'm with the Boston Bruins, and we're about to select you in the uh, NHL draft. And it was, uh, yeah, had chills. I think my fam, my parents were crying a little bit. And, yes. Uh, I was talking to Brad, and, and he lived just down the
0: street from me, so we immediately... Uh, oh, you guys lived... Growing we, up, you guys were right next to each other.
1: Yeah, we were probably, man, like 10, 15 houses down from each Unreal. other. Unreal. Yeah, so I drove down to his house with my family, and he had a ton of family over, and... Um, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't drink much back then, but we we had a few <laughs> beer together that yes. night, and it was pretty uh, pretty cool moment. But uh, yeah, just just kind of the mentality of Brad and myself. It was right back to work the next day. No
0: way, yeah. good for you guys. Yeah, yeah. that hey, that
1: says something. Right back to work. Yeah, yeah. Now it's cool. Yeah, it's cool to look back on now. Cool to look back on, and you follow up with the team, and they let you know that they're sending the jersey and the hat and the. The formal invitation to training camp, which is really cool. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was an eye-opening moment, the uh, first training camp, for sure. Unreal. For sure.
0: Um, I, you've seen Brad go from, you know, your neighbor to where he is now. Yeah. You know, just talk about that. Like, you know, pe- you know people are going to change from as a, as a kid to a professional athlete. You've been with him. You know, you've been by his side the entire time. Just talk about him and, and how he's, tra- you know, changed to a pro, yeah. From a junior kid or did you play tassel with him too? Yeah. Yeah. You know just talk about that. Cause you know, seeing someone uh go from there to Boston being an all star, mm-hmm. talk about that. It must be weird for you almost, or I guess you've been with him the entire time. It's not weird. Like it's talk uh, about that. That's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 not weird. Um
1: it's not weird in the sense that um I don't feel weird around him or hanging out with him or he doesn't seem like a special person. To yeah. Me. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, man. He's just the yeah, Brad. He's just Brad. So from that standpoint, it's not weird, but I have been asked by uh, like newspapers, reporters, um, like what, what, uh, what separated him or what, what he did to improve. And, and every time till this day I get the question, I'm still trying to search for answers Yeah. because it's, it's kind of a, uh, His development just hasn't stopped like year to year to year to year. I I agree. And, uh, it's, it's been crazy to see, um, um, and I think a huge part of it, um, and in whether it's from his, his dad or his family, it was mentally, um, mentally he kind of had that FU attitudes, um, right from the first training camp in Boston, um, where looking back and reflecting on myself, I was nervous and and I don't want to say I tiptoed around. I wanted to always show what I had, but uh but but uh there's a there's a big difference between having a goal and wanting something and uh and that being so confident in yourself that you're gonna go get it. Yeah. And um and he just had that that fire, like no one's gonna stop me, no one's gonna stop me from from getting what I want and um um year after year, he'll make he'll make little jokes because he works so hard, like even in the summer after his his big contract, you'll see guys who might might relax a little bit or but it's it's like this guy always has something to prove, whether it's with him, himself or a challenge from someone else. But uh you you see it with with Crosby too and McKinnon, there's just a the mentality of never being satisfied. And uh, it's great to be around and feed off of but uh but those guys are phenoms. Um Crosby and McKinnon from a young yeah, age. I was gonna and, just say that. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's totally different animal where Brad was uh just got better every year and every year you thought he, you never bet against him, but yeah. you're like, all right, how much better how much better can it get? And all of a sudden he's called up and he has twenty games and one assist and you're like, Oh, he got a little bit of a taste in the NHL and he walks in I don't know if you've heard the story, he walked in the general manager's office. And they are like, we want you to have a good summer. We'd like to see you play games with the team again next year. And uh, he hadn't scored a goal. He played 20 games, hadn't scored a goal, had one assist in his first game, went 19 games with no points. And he told the general manager, I'm going to score 20 goals on the Bruins next year. And the GM was like, Come on kid, what do you like let's yeah. be realistic here yeah. Like what are you going to do? Anyways, he got a spot out of camp on the fourth line and the fourth line got really hot for Boston and then he got a promotion to playing with Patrice Bergeron and he scored 20 something goals that year, which is which is insane. So uh that was the year they won the Cup too and he had an incredible playoff run and Gives me chills, man. Yeah, man. So uh being being one of his best friends and being with all our best friends growing up, we're like, this is insane. like that's yeah. marshy playing the Stanley Cup, scoring like a couple goals. So it's
0: <laughs> couple goals. <laughs>
1: crazy to it's crazy to see. And then, uh, yeah, the trajectory's just been skyrocketing ever since ever since. and I, I can't put my finger on one thing, but uh,
0: what he's uh, whatever he's got going on between his years is the big difference for him. It almost seems like your guys's friendship, you know, not even with Brad, but with Jeff, and a couple other guys you mentioned. It almost was there ever like a competitive aspect? Like I know me and my buddies, if we go play basketball together, and one guy wins, and you know the other guy loses, there's like oh, I'm pissed off a little bit. No, yeah. let's play another game. Yeah, is there any of that going on with it's you guys? There must be. It's insane. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Yeah, it's
1: from. Um, I, I didn't find out two years later that Brad hated me when I first moved there. Why? Uh, he the said hell? he was threatened. So oh yeah. yeah, so I would moved from Winnipeg. we were thirteen and. Uh, he had just moved from the Bedford system to TASA and he was okay. um he wasn't even the big dog at the time, but uh yeah, he said he was threatened, didn't like me and at first and then we this was after a couple of months we became really good buddies. But that whole group, um, yeah, just like fiercely competitive, like dangerous. Like whether it was mini sticks in the basement, we were putting holes in walls, driving <laughs> guys through walls or um, we were near like as kids near fighting in practice at like fourteen years ago. The subways? Like, oh, no, this was there. like TASSA. TASSA. Subways, yeah, subways and even the moose heads. There was a couple times I almost fought Hillier in practice with the Moose Heads. Yeah. Like very close and he was m- my best friend on the team. Um I'm surprised I never fought Brad and Junior. We almost fought multiple times playing <laughs> junior against each other when he was with Valdor, but uh yeah it was it, it right into the gym whether it's an exercise who's lifting more weight it would be he'd do he'd he'd go first so i'd put five more pounds on and do it and then he'd get real mad and put five more and do it and it would go uh, back and forth uh, where our trainer was like hey guys okay we'll cap it off there or whether it's a sprints uphill or you're always gauging yourself against each other and it was like every single thing you did was was always uh was always a battle and and he still has that fire to this day and it's
0: it's awesome to see i love that yeah. it, those are the relationships that you need yeah definitely like, what times you wake up 6 a.m what times you wake up 559 yeah, like, yeah i was up a minute before you just like those little little details it's almost like psychological yeah yeah you know yeah. Like we and all it's... have those buddies that you'd want to be a little bit better than you love the guy to death but you just think you gotta be a little better
1: yeah, yeah. i love it we have uh yeah we have that fun relationship even with uh with Justin uh, Smith, I'll, I'll send him a yeah text every now and then. Like if I eat a really healthy meal, I'll be like <laughs> I'll send him the meal. I'll be like, oh, did you just eat a bag of potato? Like just jokingly. Like we, we kind of keep each other in line a little yeah. bit. And it's it's cool. Yeah, it's a great relationship.
0: Um, I wanted to talk about your time in Colorado. They love local guys. Have you looked at like who they've drafted the past couple of years? They got like Bowers from here, Steiny from here, Newhook from Newfoundland, McKinnon. There was a year there. They love the Maritimers. We went up to the draft actually. Me and dudes, the guy who we do the podcast. Podcast with uh, to Vancouver to watch the draft. Okay. And they were drafting, yeah, Steiny got drafted, maritime guy. Was, yeah. And then New Hook, like I said, from Newfoundland. They they love the maritime guys. And uh you were there with McKinnon and you got to play in the, the outdoor game. Yeah. Talk about your experience with, with that with that organization. Because was Joe Sak the GM when you were there as well? Uh or was there another GM there? Yes,
1: he was. he was. He was the GM and he had uh I should know this. I've met so many uh, there was an assistant g m who actually was the uh the one who had the hand in getting me there um, I should remember it and say thank you but... sorry right. i do the same. yeah i like, 'm so bad with names yeah, don 't be embarrassed um yeah it was uh i don 't know if there 's a maritime connection or just the kind of a luck of the draw but uh, uh i 'm sure Nate has something to do with uh just reports on guys it 's crazy how tight the hockey community is um I, I get I get a few calls every year, whether it's from old GMs of NHL teams asking about young guys I've played with, or um, scouts uh, who I will know personally calling me for character reviews. Basically, they Just, always
0: ask about well, character reviews. They never yeah,
1: big time. They're 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 always it's their job too, and they want to find out if there's any red yeah. flags or <laughs> hey, we like this guy. Is there anything we should be worried about? Yeah. Type of deal. So um, that's that's something young kids should know real quick because um when you get to a level where you start getting those calls there's a big reflection on you too if you if you kind of uh if you kind of bs it yeah. um so you want to give an honest review on uh, on what you think of a guy so um i've played with great guys but as far as colorado uh goes i started the year in columbus uh, okay. i had signed in columbus um i had just come off uh winning a Calder Cup with Manchester. Yes. Had a really good year. This and that was there, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Zach. that was there. We had a we had an awesome team. But uh the year prior, I was with L.A. when they won the Stanley Cup. So yeah. I was kind of, I'd like to say, not buried in their system, but they had a roster that was going to be really tough to crack at that time. Yeah, L.A. was big and skilled. Um, so when you when you get caught in one of those systems, a lot of eyes are on the minor league team, Okay. Um, whether it's uh, struggling teams or kind of looking for, for upgrades. Uh, in the minor leagues, so signed with Colorado or signed with Columbus. Um, didn't make the team out of camp, but had a really good camp. Uh, it was a numbers issue with the team, but they said they wanted to bring me back up. And uh, I'll give them credits; uh, they kept their word and they brought me up. And I played half the season there. Um, and uh, a few or a couple guys got healthy off of injury. I was put on waivers to be sent back to the American League, and at that time. Uh, Colorado picked me up on waivers, so that wow. was about halfway through the year, and it was probably like a couple weeks before the stadium series too. So, so you're like, yeah, yeah, this so, could happen. So, I I actually had my hockey gear um, on an airplane, yeah, uh, um, and I was going through security at the airport when my agent called me, and there's like a twelve. Uh, 12 noon deadline for waiver claims okay so i but you don't find out until 12 they just announce if anyone's okay okay i got gotcha. you put in a claim because every team has a chance up until 12 and then the lowest seated team at that time gets first rights okay uh, i'm following i got yeah. you i got you so my agent finds out before 12 that a claim has been put in but he doesn't know the team so he's like where are you i'm like at the airport my luggage is checked he's like you got to get your hockey gear off off the plane like go talk to security so i had to go talk to security explain the situation while i'm at the airport all my stuff's packed up and then uh, a little while later i found out colorado put in the claim so <laughs> uh, immediately i'm like oh nate's there this is awesome i know mckinnon so i was pretty pumped about that and then you're looking at the team's schedule and who's on the roster yeah. and who they play next and uh yeah they had a game against uh chicago two days later and it was kind of a kind of a whirlwind from there but um yeah my time there like i said i had the stadium series but um it seemed like a uh um, i don't want to say my last shot but it seemed like a really important point in my career where i was like i really got to focus and i like got to do well and i probably put way too much stress on myself i was i was uh i was Played some of the most nervous hockey I've played when I was there because it, wow. I, uh, I played in Boston, and I tried to figure out how long it had been, but it was like six years between NHL games uh, from the wow. time I played um, in Boston until the time I played in uh, Columbus. Okay. Um, I'd been with L.A. and been called up with L.A. and spent a lot of time with them, but I was their seventh D-man and never got that break. So I had six-plus years, I want to say, where I didn't play an NHL game. I was in the American League. So I was with Columbus for half a year, and then I get picked up by Colorado. And I'm kind of like, man, this is like, you got to be good with this. So it was unbelievable. Patrick Wall was our coach, and I was – the biggest Montreal Canadiens fan growing up so that was kind of surreal but at the same time what we talked about at the start of this was I was so hyper focused on what was going on that
0: uh, I enjoyed a lot of the moments but at the same time it was kind of business business for me I like how you're owning like I was a fan of everything that was going on around me most guys that come on here they're just you know, it was good. It was business. You know, I had a great time. It was good. I like how you're just kind of owning it. Like, no, it was unreal being called up. It was unreal being in that moment. It was unreal being coached by Patty Wall. It just says a lot about your character, that you're just, you're you're pumped in every situation that you've had. It's a good look. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good look. Because we talk, me, me and reporters and People that are in this business we, we always talk about this How you know There can be some dry interviews And there can be things That you know Guys just don't really talk about But the fact that You're just sitting here And talking about How you, you loved every minute of it And loved everything That's happened to you I love it Yeah Like I'm pumped
1: hey, It's good Yeah I. You know what it, it's, it's always been emotional for me um, I, I play the game With a lot of emotion Going back to um, My relationship with my friends Like we, we We're really emotionally competitive and uh when you have uh opportunities to do stuff uh everyone handles that emotion differently but uh but i just for example like i can think back to my first nhl game um i was called up i was in boston it was hockey night in canada in toronto was my first game so i was in toronto saturday night and uh I remember I went out for warm ups. I was shaking like people people say like "Oh yeah. I was nervous, I was yeah. shaking. I was legit like I didn't know what I was doing in warm up <laughs> like my mind was racing, my heart rate was probably like two ten. I was trying to look cool, like like I fit in, but uh I remember during the national anthem, I was trying not to cry, and I was on the bench, and I was like shaking with emotion, like chills, and having flashbacks to like i I told my dad like drives to the rink early in the morning like (laughs) just silly stuff you do where you're like pond hockey like literally having like flashbacks yeah and uh i was like maybe i was too emotional about it at the time (laughs) because um the game went the game went well i didn't play a ton i think i played like 10 minutes that game or something like that i was just trying to get through it yeah but yeah when uh when you're faced with kind of uh, really cool, cool events, it's it. I don't know how you couldn't be emotional about it. Yeah. I, it's it's hard for me to understand that just because, um, yeah, I think I've used the word emotional too much. but That's it's, all right. Yeah,
0: I'll give you a story about mine. First game with the Mooseheads, Metro Center. Um, I'm on the board to go warm up. Like, I'm, I'm not really on the roster, but how many lines are in hockey? Four. So I'm like that fifth guy from the fifth line, but it's just me. So I'm that 13th forward. Yeah. So, like, I'm like, all right, I guess I'll just go out. But you know when you're in warming up, you do drills, three-man deep, you know, defenseman yeah, yeah. pass, you break out, loop around. and So I don't have a line to go with. So I'm just kind of skating around the red line, just going back and forth. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in awe. Like, you know, i was walking in the Metro Center, orange seats everywhere. I'm seeing my mom, you know, friends in the stands. and Yeah. Run into Kenotek, just right in the middle of the the Metro Center. He just looks up at me. Doesn't even probably know who I am. Yeah. Just stay over there. So I was so nervous. I just kind of stayed to the side of the boards for the rest of the warm up, and That's I just kind of stretched there the whole time. And then I came off warm up, and they're like, "Yeah, you're scratched." And then I just went upstairs and hung out. But that was yeah. my first game. Just nervous. Just. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just stay over there. I was like, all right. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's cool. It's
1: good. Like as you would know, it. it With time, everything becomes more and more comfortable and routine. and Reps. Yeah, yeah, reps. And that's why uh, I think it's so important when general managers and stuff are talking about uh, picking guys up for playoffs. Like, he has playoff experience. They have experience. Experience is used a lot, and the game's getting younger and younger, but there is an aspect of – being there before that kind of calms calms people yeah. and uh, you see it in yourself as
0: as your career moves moves on and on So we had Devin, Devin Shore on here he plays for Columbus now but he was with Dallas and I asked him this question I was like you know when you go out and you play in front of 20,000 people every night is it, is it still a thing or is it your job now and he goes I wish I could say it was a thing but it's my job now yeah. He, he just became so comfortable with it that he, he's just in the moment playing a game of hockey. Yeah. You know. And I used to ask guys that before I got to the queue. I'm like, you know, do you notice playing in front of ten thousand people, or do you just focus on the puck? And he's like, honestly, you don't even notice the crowd. You just you're there in the moment and you're having fun and you're playing a game of hockey. Yeah. But it goes back to what you said. It's just repetition. The more you're comfortable and the more you're in that scenario. Mm-hmm. I think Brad said this too once. He's like, to play in the NHL, you got to get lucky and guys have to get hurt and you have to take advantage of your opportunity. 100 percent. He's just 100%. 100%. It's true.
1: Yeah, unless you're, you're a high first-round pick who's like potentially, potentially changing a franchise uh, early, like at 18, 19 years old, yeah. it, there's a big aspect of luck and timing and taking advantage of an opportunity. And yeah. um, uh, some guys take full advantage and works out great, but, uh, but uh, there's a lot of work that goes on behind that uh, as well. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, back to what you were saying, though, um, that was one of the coolest parts about going to Europe is after you spend a certain amount of time, I think I, I don't know the exact number, but I had 600 plus American League games and it oh. becomes like work where you're yeah. looking at your schedule and when you're going to work and what job and what city you're going to. And uh, when you make the jump over to Europe, it's completely different. It's How like, so? it's, it's. They, they play the game differently. The rinks are bigger, like the ice surface. So, Do you like
0: that, the bigger ice surface, or it. is that more responsibility for you?
1: No, I love it. I love it. Um, I've always skated. Uh, skating's always been a big asset of mine. Yeah. And uh, as a defenseman, I'm I'm small by hockey standards for sure. Probably life standards too. I'm beginning to realize, but uh,
0: <laughs> you fit in here, okay? You came through the door. You didn't have to die. Yeah,
1: there you go. There you go. But uh, um, yeah, it's it, it's uh, it's a skating game. But as far as um, the NHL, there's some rinks that that the energy level's not always there. Like even even Toronto. Like I've uh, heard that for my first game, um, it's a packed arena, so I was shaking. But then you realize like it's kind of quiet, like people are watching the game and they're reacting to plays and goals. And um, once you get to the American League and you get to some of the arenas that aren't pulling attendance as well, you kind of have to self-motivate or there's there's games where you have to find your own energy, whether it's a couple extra cups of coffee or <laughs> mentally hype yourself up. But it was really cool heading over to Europe because uh, the, the fans are kind of like a soccer mentality where they're screaming and chanting the whole game and they're jumping up and down. And uh, the size of the crowds might not be as big as you'll see in the NHL, but it's twice as loud as anything I've yeah. seen in the NHL. So it was almost like a shot of life, like a rebirth of yeah. of, of, of excitement for hockey. So i was happy i went over for sure
0: what's your uh favorite nhl rink you've played in? I've, I've had a couple different answers so i'm interested to see yours uh favorite nhl rink oh montreal for sure Yeah, for sure it's a
1: popular one yeah i would say montreal was like the first game i played in montreal i was like okay hey, this is the coolest like that was the team i loved growing up and uh they have the the French mentality, so they had the the good techno music going on yeah. during warm ups and was bumping and <laughs> uh yeah, that was an awesome place um I'm trying to think there were some there were some cool buildings, so really cool. I've heard San Jose for some reason San Jose's loud, like really loud they don't have uh they call it the tin can okay because uh whatever noise is in there is echoing like crazy it's almost like they don't have uh dampening in the roof or something yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. it's it's really loud um yeah there's some cool there's cool buildings all over i uh never played a playoff game but uh i was with boston for a few playoff runs and i was with la so i got to see a lot of cool
0: buildings yeah. during
1: playoff time and that's a different beast
0: let's talk about that la run like i know you were there you're around the team like yeah talk about the environment and being around a bunch of group of people that are there for one goal and being on the brink of winning because you know you guys actually won yeah talk about that that's
1: yeah that was that was awesome to see like really really cool so i had been called up uh with the kings that year for a little bit and then uh when my season ended in manchester i immediately got called up to la and uh Fortunate enough, I was I was actually traveling with the team, so I was was on the plane with them. I was in practice. Oh yeah, that's the, what I'm uh, about. yeah, it was great. So um, NHL teams always carry a black ace squad, and it's it's reserve players for if there's injuries, but uh, they'll practice at separate times and work out at separate times and kind of okay um, secluded from the team. And each round that the team goes further, they're all they trim a few of these players, like kind of let them go. Oh okay. So, okay. In the first round, they might have ten extra guys, and second round they might have six. Why and is that? Just carrying extra, uh, like hotel rooms, money. And yeah. It's just money. It's yeah. just um, kind of gets to a point where you want to let those guys have a summer too, because the playoffs go into mid June, so you let those guys go train and get ready for the next year. But I was lucky enough that I was traveling with the team and practicing, and going all the games and. watch the games in the locker room sometimes i'd go up to the press box to watch but i I felt like i was part of it even though i didn't play a game um so that was awesome to see the guys guys treated you like you were on the team i think i was kind of the eighth defenseman and uh and i knew i was yeah two injuries i might get a game maybe they'd play with less guys who knows but uh yeah it was it was awesome and those uh that was a really good team, like big bodies, super skilled, but uh, um, just a lot of character, a lot of character in that locker room. And, uh, um, yeah, they just the mentality that they, they kind of knew uh, what they wanted and they went out and
0: got it, and uh, it was cool to see. We always talk about um, how leadership is one of the most underrated qualities on a hockey team. When you're winning the Cup, there has to be some form of leadership. Did you see that at all, and, and who did it come from in L.A.?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, there was just um, leadership from top to bottom. It's it's crazy. Um, I still see it now, and and it's it's well known. Each league you go to, where uh, you see a team that should be so good, you're yeah. like the team should be so good, and you're like you talk to people, and they're like, well, they have locker room issues, yeah. which is like a real thing. Like oh, you yeah, can't yeah. just you can't just put together a team based on a stat sheet, and um. um LA was one of those teams where they didn't have any bad people like uh, no one was distracting no one was selfish It's, it's crazy um, a lot of Canadians on that team, I'm pretty sure too. That have yeah, help. Yeah, but it's it's crazy what uh, one or two selfish guys will do to a team, yeah. um, especially if they're core players. Yeah. Um, just the whole attitude of the team and the mindsets can change so quickly. But from top to bottom, everyone bought in. They were hard workers, and uh, it was funny to see because uh, Sutter was the coach at the time, and and he would even butt heads with the players, but. They had such a good leadership group that they would it would almost make the players tighter, kind of like. Okay. There was moments in the season that I was there where they were like, ah, "Screw this guy, let's do it for us." Type of deal. It was yeah. cool to see they were all in it together. Um, but uh, yeah, when when you see that leadership and and the players really holding each other accountable, um, it's it's cool to see.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it's wicked that you got to be a part of that and see it. Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah. How's uh, how's
1: life in Germany? never been no it's it's unreal i recommend uh anyone that hasn't been to that part of the world to go yeah um uh there's so much around it too and and with europe yeah yeah with our schedule uh it's it affords us a couple opportunities a year to travel elsewhere so where have you been Um, actually
0: no let's stick to germany
1: let's talk about germany still i but germany i love it one of the most beautiful places i've been yeah um Uh, you can't really compare it to anything in canada it's just so different um it's it's clean you got the mountains the lakes uh but uh the culture is great too and uh um it's just it was a it was a welcoming place from the moment i got there yeah and uh um they really appreciate it if you buy into the culture and try and learn the language a bit and uh um, I was, I was lucky to be in Munich. So, uh, the transition for me wasn't, wasn't as difficult as maybe being in a, in a smaller, yeah. smaller city. Uh, everyone in the country can speak English for the oh, most really? part, for okay. the most part. Yeah. Uh, I say that loosely, but, uh, <laughs> if you don't know any German and you're going over for the first time, you're not going to struggle. Okay. Um, but, uh, they love their sports, love their hockey, uh, really active lifestyle as far as a country, but a uh, really cool spot to be.
0: How much um red bull do you have in your garage at home like is it just unlimited free red bull that like, comes out of the water fountains <laughs> i don't no i don't uh, i don't have any here actually um
1: haven't reached out for any, but uh if you needed
0: some, you could get some
1: uh, probably yeah, that yeah yeah, good stuff yeah, but that's cool be, having having played with that organization i don't know if i'm going to be heading back to them next year uh, but uh having been there and seeing uh that company like red bull as a company is right in austria so i I got to go to austria a couple times and see their headquarters and um just a really really cool organization they got a lot of things going on but uh yeah i was spoiled for two years um on life experience for sure that um i'm sitting here with you now reflecting on some things i did in north america being like oh that was really cool and i'm sure one day uh i'll sit back and look at my time in europe too and uh and see that I, I got to do a lot of cool things uh, just from hockey.
0: Yeah. Well, before you got here, I was going through your elite prospects. And you're just like, man, this guy's been around. Like, he's seen the world. Like, it's crazy what hockey can do for you if you stick with it and... Take it serious. It can take you places. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean,
1: I mean, I'd rather uh, I'd rather my elite prospects look like Brad's, where you're in oh. one city, one <laughs> yeah, city I for your so. whole career. That'd be awesome <laughs> too. The the moving uh, every few years isn't always always the most fun, but uh, um, you, you kind of look at it as uh, as an exciting opportunity, is yeah. uh, more so than a burden. Um, but yeah, I've 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 been lucky. Everywhere I played I can say it was a great place and really? I know there's uh I know there's a lot of places that have hockey teams that aren't aren't the best cities and that's well known. It's part of the game. Sometimes yeah. you get unlucky and get in a tough city, but uh I, everywhere I've played I've loved and uh I've been lucky. Yeah. For sure.
0: Um around Europe, where are some of your favorite spots to travel? Ah,
1: Spain. I've I did uh I did Spain twice last year and I did uh four or five different cities. Um, but uh, Barcelona
0: is yeah. my favorite city.
1: Barcelona, yeah. So I did uh, Barcelona, Valencia, and Malaga oh, yeah. uh, this year. And then uh, I went with my daughter for a week in uh, Mallorca, Spain. But uh, yeah, Spain has a... Spain's just a cool spot, man. Just different. Yeah. Really different.
0: Me and my buddies went uh, after graduating from high school. It was kind of just like a gift from our parents, like go okay. for a month. And we started in Spain and we ran with the Bulls in Pamplona. No way. So that was like the kickoff to it. And then we were okay. in Barcelona and then we went down to Paris. We were in Amsterdam. We went everywhere. It was it's just, yeah. I just love it. It's just, it's cool.
1: That's what I mean, man. You can go and once you're there, you can hop on a train and travel so easy and inexpensive yeah. that, uh, if if you have the opportunity to do it i recommend and i know i've been lucky and fortunate to be able to do it with my work um i like to think that i'd be able to do it uh if i wasn't playing hockey but uh yeah i think uh during this whole pandemic it's you kind of like i said have a new perspective on things and you're fortunate that uh that you had those experiences because well another thing i was in spain uh Probably a couple months before this pandemic really hit there, so really, yeah. So it was, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to know I was there, but yeah, uh, yeah, definitely fortunate.
0: Um, you mentioned you had a daughter. Yes. How's fatherhood treating you?
1: It's awesome, man. You love it? Yeah. It's uh, it's uh, it's work. It's work, but I love it. It's uh, really rewarding. And uh, I was sitting on my phone yesterday with my mom, and we were going over. Uh, some of the old pictures and videos and seeing how quickly she grows up but uh as far as hockey goes it's she's number one fan man she loves it there you go she's uh they have cool traditions traditions in europe too so uh the families are at the game and if you win the game you the family comes down to your bench and uh so i if we won the game i'd go Grab my daughter and do a lap at the ice with her, while all the fans are chanting. And the fans stay way after the games, so you do a lap with your, with your kids and the like a regular season game. Just yeah, like... yeah, every every regular season game. And mm-hmm. Munich, we have won most games, so um, it was really tough to explain to the kids what a loss was so she just (laughs) she just turned three and she's at the game and the whole game she's just pumped because she knows that she gets to go on the ice after and then into the locker room so I would always bring her into the locker room right after the game and uh, if we lost she would she would have a meltdown but um, it was cool to be able to look up in the stands and see her watching or uh, see videos people take of her watching the games because she's I, she she focuses in on some things, but during a hockey game, it's like laser focused. And uh, really? every every time I'm on the ice, she would yell "Dada Dada!" Like she knew number two, and she loves loves the rink, loves the locker room. So it's did you put cool.
0: a, a mini stick in her hand yet? I've tried. She yeah, and I gave her a lefty, and she's a righty, oh. which is yeah, a super. <laughs> That's a bad dad move. Kind. Come on, know, you gotta know
1: man. that. No, I'm a lefty, so I cut one. What... Early on, I cut down one of my sticks, and just naturally, she was gripping it like a righty. So, really? I had to, yeah, I had to get one of the uh, one of the guys to cut down a righty for me.
0: Was her a righty or lefty? I don't know.
1: I didn't because I, I thought that was
0: genetics. Like, if you're a lefty, your kid would be a lefty.
1: Yeah, I don't know. My dad was a lefty. I'm a lefty, and my brother's a righty. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not sure. Loves the game though. Yeah, it's it's cool. Uh, cool to. Uh, Cool to have a kid at an age where uh, where they can see what you've done and hopefully uh, maybe remember it a little bit.
0: Absolutely, That'd be cool. Yeah. What's the plan for the rest of the summer? We're coming up on an hour here. What do you What are you doing the rest of the summer? Uh pretty low key, man. My uh, my routine hasn't changed much from
1: uh, from everything going on. I've been able to get back in the gym and I've been doing that for a while. And I'm skating. So after uh, after working out in the gym and skating, the days go by pretty quickly. Yeah. Um basically soaking in time with, uh, family as much as I can. Um, friends are always kind of on a different schedule at this age, but, uh, we're trying to get our kids together as much as possible. And other than that, it's trying to map out, uh, what's going on next year. There, uh, seems to be, um, weekly updates with the, the leagues over there. And I know, uh, some of the hockey leagues are looking to start on time in Europe and, uh, I've had some options for that, but, uh, still holding out to see what, uh, what's going to go on with the German league and they're, uh, they're, they announced today actually that, uh, they're looking at a November 1st start for the season. So, okay. um, things could start rolling and, uh, um, yeah, if I end up there, it's, which is, which is kind of the plan I have in my mind right now. Uh, I uh, got until probably mid to late September. So to make a decision. No, till, to... till I would have to leave. Oh leave? Okay, so, yeah. sorry. Okay. So uh so yeah, it's basically just training and uh relaxing, letting the body get ready and uh it's business as usual for me this summer.
0: It must be nice to be able to like just be home for once. I know you said like last year you're in Germany for the most of the summer, or a couple years ago, whatever you said, but like, you know, you're home. It must be nice. Well, this is this know? is uh
1: yeah, this is the longest I've been home by far. Um, I think I was saying like I, I went on a couple uh um black ace runs with boston i went to the cup final with la and won a calder cup and there was a few years where i didn't get home until uh i think there was a few years in a row where i didn't get home uh before june 13th and then uh yeah and then you're reporting to camp in september so there's some short summers and then uh the year i uh the year I signed in Europe, their hockey season starts so much earlier. I went to the Calder Cup finals with Texas, yeah, which was June 15th, and then had to leave June 23rd to start the seat or July 23rd. No way. Yeah, so I had a one-month summer to, to kind of train and heal up the body before starting, uh, right. starting in Munich in July. And then uh, last year I was home for four weeks, and this is by far the longest I've been home. It's been awesome
0: hey yeah nova,
1: nova scotia is beautiful man i isn't it's it? got a special place for w- sure
0: we're trapped here too we can't go anywhere we can go to new brunswick i guess whatever but yeah. you know we're here i, I don't want to go anywhere this summer I'm, I'm I'm fine right here yeah man do you good. know what? it's a, it's a great place to be trapped
1: unless uh in my situation i get a little antsy because you want uh you want work to start up and yeah, i guess more so. freedom uh for international travel yeah. but uh yeah it's a great spot to be
0: Last minute of the podcast is yours. I know you have a lot of friends and family listening, so if you wanna thank anyone parents, teammates, coaches, trainers, last minute is yours it's a touchy- I, you know
1: what i i'm gonna skip out on that because i don't oh. wanna I don't wanna name certain people and leave other people out who might uh, might think they're on the same level of uh deserve the same level of appreciation but uh I hope that uh if I see these people or uh cross paths or talk to them, they know
0: that uh they they feel my thanks in person or when we talk so that's a vet move right there yeah. vet move for future <laughs> guests alright Andrew thank you very much for coming on the podcast we hope you enjoy and hope you enjoy the rest of the summer thanks man thanks for All having right. me everyone listening thank you very much for tuning in uh, yeah love you thanks for the support bro peace
2: It is a get but the